Chapter Twelve of Barry Blake of the Flying Fortress by Gaylord Dubois. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve: New Guinea Gardens. Reporting for duty at the Queensland Repair Base, Barry ran into surprises still more bewildering. The first was the news that he was promoted to first lieutenant. The second that he would be given command immediately of a flying fortress. The ship and crew, he was told, were now waiting for him on the runway wondering if it were all some crazy delusion barry hurried to the airport for a moment it seemed that he must be back in seattle looking at sweet rosie o'grady for the first time for there she sat with her inboard props turning slowly in the sun and her name painted clear on the fuselage there was even a tall wide-shouldered figure in flying togs leaning against the plane's tail he looked like captain o'grady from a distance but he couldn't be barry wiped his hand across his eyes and walked toward the ship the tall fellow looked up he wasn't the old man he was hap newton hap let out a whoop like a locomotive and charged down upon barry blake the two friends proceeded to do a war dance bombarding each other with questions the surprise was entirely mutual hap had been based in another part of the south pacific until recently his b-26 marauder had run out of gas near the northern tip of queensland one night and its crew had bailed out only hap and the bombardier gunner had made shore just this morning hap had been assigned to the rosie o'grady as co-pilot and now you are my skipper he exclaimed it's such a wild coincidence that i can't believe it yet but just wait barry the shocks aren't over step inside and meet the rest of us barry turned to the open hatch but he had no chance to enter men were boiling out of it as if the ship were too hot for them in five seconds they were all around him fred marmon cracker jackson tony romani curly levitt and soapy babbitt with his broken shoulders still a little stiff but usable where's danny hale barry asked the moment they gave him a chance to speak silence as stunning as a blow answered him barry's face went white tell me boys he muttered through stiff lips you you mean that danny that he he got transferred barry curly levitt said quietly it was just after the medical corpsman carried you back to the dressing station on grassy ridge a bunch of us were trying to capture a jap field gun we ducked into a slit trench and started tossing hand grenades but the japs chucked them right back at us before they could explode one landed in our trench Danny covered it to protect the rest of us, and just then it went off. "'Thanks, Curly,' Barry said in a choked voice. "'Sorry my question brought it all back to you. It, it is easier somehow to think of Danny as simply transferred. Have they sent us a bombardier yet?' "'They sent him, such as he is,' replied a strangely familiar voice. Barry jumped as if he had been shot.' Through the hatchway dropped a small, bandy-legged man, whose short blonde hair bristled like the fuzz of a newly hatched duckling. "'Chick Enders!' Barry cried, making a grab for his old friend. "'How did you get here?' "'The same way Hap Newton did,' answered Chick, grinning from ear to ear. "'I was the bombardier who bailed out with him from the B-26. "'Boys,' said Barry Blake, turning to face his crew, "'I know that in a few seconds I'm going to wake up and find myself back in my little hospital bed.' the sawbones will be looking solemn and saying that chunk of shrapnel went deeper than we thought it's affected his brain he cuffed back his hat and laughed it's too good to be true finding you all here and sweet rosie o'grady too 
i'm going to say hello to her before she vanishes in a pink fog or something understanding chuckles followed him as he dived into rosie's open hatchway we'll leave him alone with her for a few minutes curly levitt suggested mess call is about due lieutenant enders can wait here to show the old man to his quarters it was past midnight before rosie's crew talked themselves out and fell asleep in the morning barry reported for orders he learned that his new battlefront base was to be another jungle airport farther west along the new guinea coast they would fly the shortest route across the island's central mountain range and carry a full load of bombs not much excitement on the way fred marmon commented as the crew headed toward their waiting ship there's nothing in the interior but mountains and jungles and wild men even the japs steer clear of it they tell me you'll have plenty of excitement once we reach the northern coast fred barry told him the japs have been punching back hard at our new airports they realize that given enough bases for a big air offensive we can push them right out of the east indies they can't keep backing up forever and keep any face with their people at home sweet rosie o'grady took off as smoothly as she had on her maiden flight except for the patched places in her aluminum skin there was little to show that she was not a new ship as a matter of fact she's better than new lieutenant fred marmon declared she's been battle-tested every part of her except these new engines has stood up under the worst strains she won't fail us no matter what we ask of her they patched her up in new guinea enough to fly her back to this queensland repair base curly levitt explained here they gave her a complete overhauling most of her replaced parts came from other wrecked ships like hap and me spoke up chick enders yes you're battle-tested too barry laughed by the way did either of you hear or see anything of our old messmate glenn crail after all the surprises of the past twenty-four hours i wouldn't be surprised to see him waiting for us at the new airport would you hap ah don't talk about it barry his big co-pilot replied i wouldn't be surprised either but i'd be pretty doggone sore the sight of that mister would sour my stomach for the duration mine too unless he's toned down a lot agreed chick the war does queer things to people it may have let the wind out of crail and showed him that he wasn't such a hot pilot as he thought i hope so anyway i believe you got hopes for hirohito too hap newton scoffed let's forget crail until he does show up and i hope that event will be long long time away the blue expanse of torrey strait now showed beyond the green of cape york for an hour the fortress hung above it at six thousand feet then almost before her crew realized the change the high grasslands of new guinea were sweeping beneath her belly far to the east lay the gulf of papua with a mass of cumulus clouds tumbling above it ahead rose the island's mountainous backbone let's fly a little lower barry chick ender said you won't have to start climbing over the central range for half an hour i'd like to get a look at one of those native villages and give the local hillbillies a thrill at the same time all right chick barry replied but we won't do any hedge hopping with a quarter of a million dollars worth of fortress if the air isn't bumpy i might take rosie down to five hundred feet when and if you spot a thatched roof metropolis don't try to thrill him by dropping an egg on the town pump said hap newton general MacArthur has caused the word to be spread among the tribesmen that united nations airmen are their friends we wouldn't want to give them the wrong impression i wonder how many new guinea wild men could tell the jap rising sun from our insignia 
chick remarked even if they were near enough to oh oh look barry straight ahead on that little grassy plateau don't those patches look like native gardens to you by way of answer barry eased the wheel forward in a long flat dive rosy o'grady roared down toward the plateau moment by moment the tiny squares and oblongs of different colors took the shape of cultivated gardens nearby appeared a few loaf-shaped native houses there's your village barry exclaimed looks like a busy place too they're clearing more grassland for garden space if i'm not mistaken looking down through the plastiglass of the big bomber's nose her crew could distinguish twenty or thirty human figures at one end of the cultivated section suddenly the natives stopped gaping at the diving plane and they ran for cover we're wowing em all right whooped hap newton just see those grass skirts scatter you ought to be ashamed of scaring the ladies this way barry they'll have something to talk about for a month at least laughed the rosy skipper as he pulled back on the wheel are you satisfied with this glimpse you've had of native culture chick not by a long shot the homely bombardier replied i wish you'd turn back for another look barry there's something blamed queer about that village several things to be truthful there was a grim note in chick's voice that barry recognized his bombardier was in deadly earnest okay he said shortly slap on the coal hap we're going back for another look-see what was it that struck you as queer chick since when do men wear grass skirts or new guinea women wear their hair clipped short chick responded i had a better view here in the nose than the rest of you did i'll swear to what i saw and while we're asking questions will somebody tell me when the natives of this country became market gardeners there's enough cultivated land around those dozen thatched huts to supply food for ten villages look down now and tell me what you think of it for wordless moments every man in the cockpit gazed at the orderly patchwork of little fields below suddenly barry grasped the truth look at the pattern down there hap he exclaimed they've broken it up pretty cleverly with camouflage but the cleared place is l-shaped if that isn't an airport i'm cockeyed then those birds in grass skirts curly levitt's voice gasped through the interphone were japs chick enders finished the sentence go as low as you dare barry and see what else we can spot man all the guns barry's order crackled in the headsets cracker be ready to strafe any anti-aircraft before they can spot us he broke off as the white lines of tracer bullets streaked upward from a patch of bushes at one side of the field other guns opened fire small bullet holes appeared suddenly in the bomber's fuselage and wings but four of rosie's fifty caliber machine guns were talking back the twin weapons of her bottom and tail turrets seconds later she had swept out of range well what do you know about that hap newton blurted new guinea gardens grow grass-skirted gunners who'd ever believe that headline why didn't they throw any flak at us curly levitt asked a field as big as that ought to be protected by more than machine-gun fire the airport isn't completed yet barry pointed out the japs probably haven't had a chance to bring in heavier installations there wasn't even a camouflaged plane in sight nothing but those steel mat runways dressed up to look like vegetable gardens of course it's possible that there were some bigger guns but no time to man them before we were passed it's worth risking them to give the field a thorough pasting chick ender said let's go back at about five thousand and give it every bomb in our racks no shell-fire greeted them as they made their run over the jap airfield 
even the machine guns were silent the grass-skirted gun crews were fleeing through the surrounding grass and scrub like scared rabbits when the first stick of bombs whistled down they left the runways looking like a raw black wound in the earth with a thick cloud of dust hanging over it all their bombs had struck with the accuracy of rifle bullets five hundred pounders that flung the twisted steel matting high in the air get the exact position of this spot curly barry blake said as he climbed into the hot blue sky the sons of nippon won't be using their little mountain playground as long as our flyers can keep an eye on it that's right agreed the rosy's navigator we've wiped out an air base from which the nips could have raided queensland port moresby and any of our northeast airport with equal ease and we've discovered some of their latest tricks of camouflage thanks to chick enders headquarters will be glad to know about it for the rest of the trip rosie o'grady's pilots and bombardier kept their eyes peeled for suspicious-looking market gardens but none appeared an hour after they crossed the height of land the ocean was again in sight soapy babbitt contacted their new airport on the mau river and received the answer to come in as the field came in sight barry noted that it was scooped out of the tropical forest not far from the sea a united nations transport vessel lay just beyond the beach it was unloading by means of lighters in this manner the new airdromes all up and down the coast would be quickly furnished with equipment and defences the danger of course was that the japs might send warships to shell the fields at night they might even land troops a short march from the field itself all this passed through barry's mind as he circled for a landing he had experienced one shelling from warships and a worse one from airborne artillery no base he decided was safe from a sneak attack in any war the main strategy must be to dish it out to the enemy in heavier quantities than he could return End of chapter twelve